0: a part of Europe that many of us don't know much about, but it's been in the news a lot recently because Western nations are worried that Russia will invade. There's a lot of baggage that's got us to this point. So in this Squiz Shortcut, we cover the history of Ukraine's relationship with Russia, why things are at a crisis point now, and how the US, UK and Europe are reacting. Squiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, this is the shortcut I need in my life, so I'm really glad we're doing it. Let's start with some basic facts about Ukraine. It's the second largest European country after Russia.
1: So Ukraine is in the east of the European continent. It borders Russia to the east, Belarus to the north, uh, Poland, Slovakia and Hungary to the west. Uh, and then there's Romania and Moldova to the
0: south. And Ukraine certainly has some interesting neighbours that host Europe's strongmen leaders. And Claire, you'll note I'm saying Ukraine and not the Ukraine. Eliza, I hear (laughs) Uh, Ukraine was a republic of the
1: Soviet Union and it was known as the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic. So the stuck for many people, even after it became Ukraine in the 1990s.
0: And Ukraine was one of the first Soviet republics to vote for independence. That happened in 1991, not long before the USSR broke apart entirely. And it's that link with Russia that continues to be an issue 30 years later.
1: Yeah, the ties are deep. Ukraine became part of the Russian Empire in the 1700s and many consider it to be the birthplace of the region's Orthodox Christianity. In more recent times, Ukrainian soldiers were pivotal in the Soviet defeat of the Germans in World War II uh, and on a day-to-day level, many Ukrainians speak Russian.
0: And one thing I think everyone has heard of, the Chernobyl nuclear disaster, that was in Ukraine, Claire.
1: Yeah, that happened in April 1986. That nuclear plant is located just south of what's now the Ukrainian border uh, with Belarus. Many consider it the worst nuclear disaster the world has seen. And it also pointed to the way Moscow governed the region. Uh, there was a lot of secrecy about it. And I reckon if you ask many people where Chernobyl is, they'd probably say Russia. But no, nope,
0: it's in Ukraine. Yes, I would have been one of those people, to be honest. Uh, But that also points to just how intertwined Russia and Ukraine were. In fact, Russian President Vladimir Putin has said he believes they are one nation. And, of course, that gets to
1: the heart of the issues that we're talking about now. It's Putin's belief uh, and the belief that Russians and Ukrainians are one people and that Ukrainians have never thought of themselves as anything other than Russian. Of course, there's plenty who don't agree with Putin, uh, but it really gets to the nub of what's going on right now.
0: Yeah, that's right. And fears that Russia could invade Ukraine aren't new and the events of 2014 onwards are required background to really understanding all of this. So let's go over that next. Claire, Russia has already invaded Ukraine in the last decade. That was back in 2014 when it annexed the Crimea region. It was the
1: biggest land grab in Europe since World War II. Uh, That happened in March 2014. A couple of months before that, there had been a popular uprising against the Russian-backed President Viktor Yanukovych. He was turfed out and new leaders made it clear that they wanted Ukraine to become closer to the European Union.
0: And that's when Russian soldiers moved on the Crimean Peninsula. That's in Ukraine's east, right next to Russia
1: pro-Russian forces took control of Crimea in February. Uh, In March, there was a referendum where the local population was asked to vote on who would control Crimea uh, and 95.5% supported leaving Ukraine and joining Russia. That referendum was condemned as illegal by the West uh, and it was important to note that Crimeans loyal to Ukraine largely boycotted that vote. Uh, Nonetheless, Crimea then successfully applied to Putin to join Russia.
0: And some listeners might remember this region and this time specifically because of what happened to Malaysia Airlines flight MH17, Claire.
1: Yeah, that flight was carrying 38 Australians who were heading home from Europe, uh, including three kids from the West Australian Maslin family. Uh, That plane was shot down by a Russian-made missile launcher in that Crimean region.
0: Yeah, it was a dreadful incident. Uh, But needless to say, Claire, there was a lot of fighting going on in Ukraine. There sure is. And the conflict has
1: been simmering away since 2014. Russia supported and armed anti-government fighters and those militia groups have been fighting the Ukrainian army uh, ever since, despite ceasefire agreements and deals that have been made. And the conflict so far has killed more than 14,000 people.
0: And that brings us to the end of last year when Russian troops began massing on the Ukrainian border, Claire.
1: Yeah, that's right. And reports say there's as many as 100,000 troops there now, uh, as well as tanks and infrastructure, that sort of thing that you would expect if you were about to launch an invasion. Uh, For Russia's part, it says that they're there on exercises and it has no plans to invade Ukraine.
0: Which begs the bigger question, why is this all happening now?
1: Yeah, the latest trigger is the big question, and it's about whether Ukraine will join NATO. That's the North Atlantic Treaty Organisation. It's a security alliance of Western European nations, uh, the UK, the US and Canada. Ukraine joining NATO would increase its international military backing in a big way.
0: And obviously that's something Russia doesn't want to see.
1: Yeah, that's right. It doesn't want NATO setting up right on its border. It's just way too close for comfort.
0: So is Ukraine joining NATO? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says that Ukraine aspires to join NATO, but it's just an aspiration. And as for NATO's part, there are no plans for Ukraine to join it anytime soon.
0: Okay, so hang on here. I'm a bit confused. Russia is all up on the Ukrainian border because of NATO, but Ukraine isn't actually joining NATO. Please explain, Claire. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and analysts say that Russia uh, has built this threat up of Ukraine joining NATO uh, just to justify a military assault on Ukraine and bring it back home. Uh, It's an excuse for an invasion, perhaps, to reclaim Ukraine uh, or parts of it, which Russia sees as rightfully theirs.
0: Oh boy, there's a lot going on here. America and Europe say if Russia does invade, there'll be serious consequences. Let's get into that next. Claire, the US and other NATO allies have made it clear they have no plans to send combat troops into Ukraine itself, but they're offering support. Yeah, the US
1: might not want to get involved in a war in Europe, uh, but it's still got 8,500 combat-ready troops on alert, and they've deployed 3,000 extra soldiers to Germany, Romania and Poland. So they're in the vicinity. Uh, But the main weapons in the West Armoury appear to be sanctions and military aid uh, in the forms of advisers and weapons.
0: Presidents Biden and Putin have been talking with both men issuing warnings. So, the pair
1: hadn't been talking much over the last year since Biden was inaugurated, but they have been talking recently, and there's been no breakthroughs as such. Uh, Joe Biden has threatened Putin with measures, uh, this is the quote, like none he's ever seen, uh, if Ukraine is attacked. Them's fighting words.
0: Oh, they sure are. And what could happen is the US and Western powers could obstruct Russia's access to US dollars.
1: Yeah, and like so many things, the money really talks and it could also cut Russia out of something called the swift financial system, uh, which could effectively end Russia's ability to send and receive money from abroad. Uh, Biden has also warned that he would consider personal sanctions on Vladimir Putin and his inner circle. Uh, They'd also target the assets of the oligarchs. Uh, Many of them are thought to hold all sorts of assets on behalf of the president himself.
0: And finally, Claire, one of the key threats from the West is to prevent the opening of Russia's Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline in Germany. Yeah, that's an $11
1: billion project. Uh, So if that's switched off or if Europe doesn't buy that gas that comes through the pipeline, it's going to be a really big hit for the Russian economy.
0: Yeah, and last week, China had something to say about that.
1: Yeah, right. So, Putin went to Beijing for the opening of the Winter Games and had a meeting with Xi. Uh, They're, of course, self-declared best friends, and they agreed to a really big deal where China would buy a lot more Russian gas than it currently does. So, that gets Putin out of a potentially very sticky spot.
0: So, in light of all that, Claire, will these threats be enough to stop Russia from launching an attack in Ukraine? It really is the big
1: question, isn't it? And America says that it doesn't think that Putin has made up his mind about what he's going to do. Uh, And analysts say that all sorts of talks and negotiations that they've been having are a sign that Putin wants a deal. Uh, That could include things like the United States limiting short-range and medium-range missiles uh, as part of NATO's arsenal in Eastern Europe. So there's a lot of things still on the table
0: yes and obviously some way to go there are australians in ukraine who have been told to leave immediately after the family members of aussie diplomats were pulled out because of fears of that imminent russian attack yeah and there's a significant
1: ukrainian community here Uh, there's more than thirty-eight thousand australians of ukrainian descent so there's many people with family in ukraine and of course what's happening there is of big concern to many here in australia
0: it's an issue we'll keep you across as it evolves and that's your shortcut to the crisis in Ukraine now onto recommendations The Daily Podcast from the New York Times did a really interesting episode last month with their national security correspondent, David Sanger. It gives you an insight into the US mindset on Ukraine and some of the history that we've just run through. It's worth a listen. Yeah, they do such good podcasts, don't they? Uh, Chicken
1: Kiev for me. (laughs) Kiev, of course, is the capital of Ukraine. Uh, There's a long and contentious history as to whether chicken Kiev, that classic of a crumbed chicken breast with a buttery sauce, garlicky sauce inside actually comes from Ukraine. All I know is chicken Kiev is awesome, so I've got a traditional recipe for that.
0: Wow, look, you know, from the daily podcast to chicken nuggets, which <laughs> let's be honest, that's basically what they are. We're covering all the bases here on Squiz Shortcuts. And, of course, thanks so much for tuning in. If you like our shortcut, you might want to consider leaving a review in your podcast app. We always love getting your recommendations on shortcuts, so if you have any ideas, get in touch with us at hello at the thesquish.com until next week. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family tell your barista, tell your hairdresser, whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.